0: in the 90s
1: Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name's Chris Alfick and I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are bringing you an exciting episode spanning several months, starting in February, <laughs> ending in March. Several I'm not. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah,
0: I am technically right. Uh, also, 1991, just one year. February 26th on Baghdad Radio, Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein announces the withdrawal of Iraqi troops from Kuwait. Iraqi soldiers set fire to Kuwaiti oil fields as they retreat. That's like the burning the bridges on the last day of work. Literally kind of thing. burning them. Also on this day, Doctor Doom stands by his predictions of gloom. Unlike most economists, Ravi Batra says he's always hoped his forecasts would prove wrong. But then again, Batra isn't your conventional economist. The India-born economics professor at Southern Methodist University has been warning of economic doom and gloom through books and lectures for more than a decade, and so far, a few of his predictions have been pretty close to the mark. In his 1987 book, The Great Depression of 1990, a New York Times number one bestseller, Batra predicted that a recession would begin in 1990, but he also said it would fester into the worst depression the world has ever known. So, not quite there. Yeah. Batra's 1987 prophecy, and a follow-up book a year later called Surviving the Great Depression of 1990, foresee worldwide unemployment, deflation, stock market crashes, and bank failures over the next six years. The end result will be a collapse of capitalism, according to Batra. He said, People think capitalism is invincible, but that is the same thing they said about communism. But there is some good news ahead, he says. The beginning of the 21st century will commence a golden age in which major economic Mm. players on the global scale will work to form a new socioeconomic system. Everyone always says I'm full of doom and gloom, Batcher says. At least this story has a happy ending. This didn't happen. Seems like a good way to sell books, though. Womp wap.
1: February 27th, President Bush declares victory over Iraq and orders a ceasefire. James Brown is granted an early parole and released from jail following his arrest after a high-speed car chase through two states in 1989. We've got an article. It's about a utility vehicle, the Humvee. The Army's high-utility, multi-purpose wheeled vehicle is officially called the M998 Cargo Troop Carrier. Service members call the cross between a fat car and a squat truck a Humvee. In 1985, the Army switched from Jeeps to Humvees, which travel over sand dunes and highways. The Humvee was battle-tested over a year ago in Panama, where it ran even with flat tires thanks to magnesium donuts inside the tires. Power steering, 16-inch clearance, four-wheel drive, independent suspension, wide-wheel base make it hard to overturn. The Humvee can climb a 60-inch grade. Yeah, 60-inch grade. Average price, $28,000. That seems really cheap for a Hummer.
0: Can you name the truck with four-wheel drive? It smells like a steak and seats 35. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Well, it goes real slow with the hammer down. It's the country pride truck endorsed by a clown. Canyon Arrow. No! Canyon Arrow. Hey, hey! The Federal Highway Commission has ruled the Canyon Arrow unsafe for highway or city driving. Canyon Arrow. <laughs> February 28th. Hollywood's Record Plant Studios' recording studio shut down. Among the albums recorded at the Record Plant were The Eagles' Hotel California, Fleetwood Max Rumors, and Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. Damn, that's uh, pretty that, iconic. That's, yeah. Yeah. Also on this date, school board approves plan for condoms. In a dramatic and emotional session, the New York City Board of Education last night narrowly approved a plan to make condoms available on request to the city's 250,000 high school students. That's a lot of Jimmy Hats. The decision was in doubt until Dr. Westina L. Matthews, an appointee of Mayor David N. Dinkins, <laughs> <laughs> announced her vote, You're making the outcome four Dinkins to three. Thing. Yeah, I am. Yeah, uh, Dinkins. In doing so, she cast a significant morsel of consolation to the three members who voted against the plan by promising to seek an amendment at a later date to allow reluctant parents to exclude their children from the program. I mean, were you we really just laughing at, ma- at uh, fucking Dinkins? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was already laughing at the name Westina. Yeah, Westina like, what just sounds of, like- What kind of dickhole parent names their daughter Westina? But Kanye then after needed- that, Dinkins. Would- like, it's a story about condoms mayor dinkins proclaims i guess yeah see all
1: i know about david dinkins is he lost the uh the election because of the the tainted non-fat yogurt in that episode of seinfeld yeah i know nothing else so i have to take that as complete canon it is yeah that's what happened all right wow we're on to march 1st new month guys today clarissa explains it all debuts great show oh yeah melissa joan hart I love Melissa Joan Hart. She's Melissa Joan Hart. Fuck, she had heart. Remember when Melissa Joan had heart? Oh my god. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is fucking awesome. Uh, not so awesome today. Pornographer arrested in partner slash brother's slaying. Pornographer Artie Mitchell was shot to death in his suburban tract home, and Jim Mitchell, his older brother and partner in legal San Francisco sex businesses, I love the emphasis on legal, was arrested on suspicion of murder, police said Thursday. In San Francisco, a sign was mirrored in the window of the Brothers' main theater, variously called the Cadillac of Whorehouses and the Carnegie Hall of Sex, attributed the temporary closure to a death in the family. The Cadillac of Whorehouses. That's a bold claim, even as far as whorehouses are concerned. Jim shot Artie? I'm shocked, really shocked, a customer wearing a suit and tie and hoping to see a mid-afternoon show.
0: (laughs) Said after an employee had turned him away. What does mid-afternoon at the local whorehouse look like on, like, a Tuesday?
1: Know. Now, what, is is—is this, like, a porn movie theater, do you think?
0: I don't know. That's it's, what I think, because, like... I don't want to investigate. Yeah, that whole
1: concept is something I'm glad probably died after the 90s.
0: March 2nd, Bush's popularity surges in Europe in conflict's wake. His prowess in guiding the victorious Allied Coalition draws a torrent of praise. It sounds like a piece of, like, propaganda. Right? The story comes out of Paris. The venerable French newspaper Le Monde... Seldom quick with praise for American leaders, said in a Friday editorial that President Bush's command of the Allied war effort has made him, quote, the most popular American president since Harry Truman on the day after victory in 1945. The mass-circulation German tabloid Bild Zitung compared the American president to Otto von Bismarck, the Iron Chancellor who unified Germany in the 19th century.
1: That's a bold claim.
0: That's super high praise. That really is. I mean... Europe loved Bush. Yeah, it sounds
1: like he's got the uh, 1992 election on uh, on lockdown. Good for him. Uh, let's see. March 3rd. An amateur video captures the beating of motorist Rodney King by Los Angeles police officers. Thankfully. This, yeah. I mean, fuck. This... Oh,
0: hold on, hold on. Let's stop there. Thankfully, the video captured it. Not thankfully, Rodney King was beaten. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's... I think that's, that's what Not I got Not that we need it. to clarify, but we should.
1: Yeah, maybe just get that one out there. I mean, in a time before cameras were ubiquitous everywhere, it's pretty amazing that something like this was caught and was able to spin and roll into the case and legal precedent that happened out of it. Also, uh, Mike Tyson defeats Donovan Ruddock in a seventh round TKO. Less history changing.
0: A little bit. March 4th, closing out the week, tracing a devious path to the Ivy League. Across the Ivy League in the spring of 1988, bleary-eyed deans poring over the usual stack of superlative-filled recommendations and stratospheric SAT scores were intrigued by one application, the one from the boy who said he had taught himself everything he needed to know while working as a ranch hand and sleeping under the starry Utah sky next to his horse, good enough. Other applicants sent in laudatory letters from high school teachers and coaches who vouched for their head-of-the-class qualifications but Alexei Indris Santana's file contained only a note from the Lazy T Ranch in Utah, saying he had ridden with the best of them. Also in the folder were a few newspaper clippings about track meets he had won, and his own smoothly worded essay about why he wanted to attend an Ivy League school. He was an imposter.
1: Yeah, this is pretty cool. I was reading about this guy. His actual name is James Arthur Hogue? Yep. Yeah, he was claiming to be an orphan in 1985 at the age of 25, He stole the identity of someone named J. Mitchell Huntsman and enrolled at Palo Alto (laughs) High School. (laughs)
0: Wait, so he was a 25-year-old playing a 16-year-old? Yeah. He sounds like a star on the WB. Pretty much, except uh, he wasn't getting paid nearly as much. Well. And uh, then in
1: 1987, he applied to Princeton and whatnot. This article goes on about uh, how he was caught and eventually sentenced to prison, Uh, but it's a really long article, so he kind of truncated it a little bit. But that's really uh man
0: That's fantastic,
1: yeah. That's such a weird thing. Like identity theft.
0: Fuck. So cool. Moving on to movies and music. Uh this week we got got a little bit of a funky setup. Let's start with the movies. What we wanted to do was we wanted to de imagine a movie for you a kind of like we talked about yeah last week yeah a current movie maybe in theaters right now or recently in theaters as a 90s movie here's the problem with that uh, basically every movie we could find that has some kind of universal
1: appeal or knowledge uh, that everyone knows about is already in some way connected with the past either in the 90s or or something else uh we've got things like rogue one obviously star wars related the jungle book We've got Marvel movies like Doctor Strange,
0: Ghostbusters, Beauty and the Beast, Finding Dory,
1: Civil War. There was a Captain America movie in 1990.
0: Blade Runner's close enough.
1: Yeah. Suicide Squad. We've got various things featuring at least some of these characters.
0: Yeah. The Mummy remake is coming out.
1: Yeah. And I mean, uh, oh, Batman v Superman. That's a movie they've pretty much been talking about since the 90s.
0: Power Rangers, Jumanji. (laughs) Independence Day
1: Resurgence. Don't get me wrong. We are going to do this. We just have to dig deeper and find a good movie that we can actually cover. We just were bombarded with movies that have had their roots at least somewhat in in the '90s or around it. Finding Dory was probably like
0: 2001, though. Yeah. But, whatever. but we we thought that this was funny enough to mention to you. Yeah. So and uh, we'll gloss now...
1: over. We'll gloss over the box office yeah. real quick. Things like Silence of the Lambs, Home Alone was still hanging out at number five after uh, after 16 weeks in the box office. Kindergarten Cop is is still hanging on. Well, that's down at fourteen, though. White Fang. Oh, White what? Fang. Nice, yeah. So that's some good stuff. Um, Green card. There's a movie that might not work in 2017.
0: Yeah. So that's 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 what we got for movies this week. Unfortunately, not all of our best laid plans for the podcast. Uh, you know, fire. We'll. Uh, I mean, we
1: will. Uh, I think we will de-imagine a movie. I- I'm looking at some this point. list again, and there's some there's stuff we could do.
0: Yeah, we'll passengers
1: to... might work. Deadpool would have been a pile of garbage in the 90s. Yeah, sure would have. Uh, it would have been like a really shitty spawn i think
0: <laughs> imagine ghostbusters but with men
1: i got nothing to add to that
0: yeah yeah um okay let's let's jump, stuff, let's jump let's jump into music so lately we've been going over the top 10 albums of the week but because we did this week relatively recently i actually albums don't change
1: a whole lot yeah
0: they really don't I'd like to dive into the number 11 album. This is The Razor's Edge by AC/DC. I think growing up in the 90s, we were subjected to a lot of AC/DC.
1: I wasn't subjected to it as much, but it was definitely it was, ever present in around. probably movies and TV shows
0: to the point where like and I like, Like I like AC/DC. I never I never, never listen to them. Mm-hmm. Do you ever put on AC/DC? You ever get in that kind of mood?
1: I have I can't think of any time I've ever actually Ooh, no, I've listened to one of their songs, a couple of their songs on YouTube, like, once. Okay. So, in my entire life, I can think of one instance where I have actually yeah. listened to ACDC. What's funny about- I didn't about... Even know they were still making music in the 90s.
0: Yeah, well, what's funny about this album is that in the reviews for it, the... so, The Razor's Edge had three big singles, which, to be fair, are big singles. Uh, are You Ready? Probably the least known of the three. Money Talks, which is one of really? my favorite ACDC that songs. That came out in the 90s? It did. The most important one, though is Thunderstruck. What? Thunderstruck released oh, the 10th that? of September, 1990. That is... Wow. Thunderstruck is my biking song. So we live... Well, I lived in Niagara. Chris still does. I used to ride my bike down to Niagara-on-the-Lake. And when I was on my way back, I would stop at the base of the Niagara Escarpment, have a drink, pull out my iPod, put on Thunderstruck, and race it to the top of the Escarpment on my bike. I would never win. <laughs> the song is not long. Enough. It's like four minutes long. Biking up the escarpment takes like six. It's brutal.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is a steep hill. I've never attempted that. Uh, And like Thunderstruck is undeniably. It's a great song. Yeah. It's undeniably a song that really gets you pumped. Like that would be a perfect song before like a physically arduous task, like biking up the escarpment.
0: So reception for the Razor's Edge wasn't great. Like it. Okay. So it peaked at number two on the Billboard 200. It went platinum five times over. So it did Okay. (laughs) <laughs> <Titto>. <laughs> but it was received generally with mixed to positive reviews. So overall, the the theme behind the reviews was like, yeah, it's pretty good. There are a couple singles. But we've heard this before, which I think is how I feel about ACDC.
1: That's how I feel about a lot of albums out of the 90s. There's two or three good songs, and the rest of it we've kind of heard before. Yeah. Like like all... As much as I talk about how much I love Britney Spears, I love Christina Aguilera. Fucking boy bands are putting out some music. That is near and dear to my heart. They
0: have three songs each. Yeah.
1: Each of the songs <laughs> has three, maybe four songs of that, that album, and the rest is filler. Right. It is all killer, no filler. Anyway,
0: so that's, uh, that's your movies and music for the week. Next week, we'll have more for you.
1: Yes, we will. Because we're going to do a week that uh, hopefully has some some good music. I don't even know.
0: Let's slide into 90s news now, because there's some decent stuff. Yeah. So on the Instagram, I don't know if you've been following us. We have been posting again. We should have been posting the whole time. Frankly, we haven't been. But we are now. And now is what matters. Yesterday, being Friday, because we record on Saturdays, I posted a picture of a drink I'd never seen before called zima this is a malt liquor beverage that is clear i think it like it gained well i mean it was created in the 90s it fizzled out in the 2000s but it was kind of built on the back of the popularity of things like crystal pepsi which we've talked about before it is being re-released by coors probably not in canada so so we're probably gonna have to go to the states
1: oh we're gonna have to get some fucking zima
0: Right? We're definitely getting some Zima now. It sounds like it's kind of going to be awful. I mentioned Zima to Chris because I've never heard of it.
1: I have heard of Zima only because of a reference in an episode of The Simpsons. So in A Fish Called Selma, uh, the episode where Troy McClure meets Selma and they get engaged, on their first or second date, they're out at a restaurant and and Selma lights up a smoke in the restaurant. And then a customer makes the witty remark, "Um, I ordered a Zima, not emphysema. I knew it was some sort of alcoholic drink, but I had never read into it any more than that. I figured it was something kind of more fancy than some clear like malt liquor, or yeah, whatever, no,
0: just clear malt liquor. Although they do have the picture I posted was just a regular bottle, mm-hmm. uh, but it appears as though the bottles they typically used were like these really cool kind of art decoy bottles.
1: An, okay, an art decoy bottle. It's a weird. Fucking weird. One syllable name like Zima. That sounds very 90s. It's got some kitsch it? to it.
0: I saw, I watched a... Co- like, this um, is the
1: kind of thing, like, a, a yuppie in, like, 1989 oh, yeah. would have, like, been super into. Like, they'd serve this shit at Dorsia.
0: I watched a commercial where, like, this these guys walk into a bar and they order a beer, and beer doesn't exist. So this is, like, a dystopian future where there's no beer, and everyone's drinking Zima. So they get <laughs> these Zimas, and the guy guy's like, I wanted a beer. And his friend says, just play along, man. And then they ask for some pretzels, and the bartender didn't know what pretzels were. <laughs> <laughs> it was so then stupid. What's gonna make you thirsty in the bar? Right. Man, unrelated but still in nineties news now. Are we giving up on tweeting a JK Rowling? I didn't do it at all this week.
1: I yeah. Uh, She's not gonna know. respond to us. I think we need we need a bigger we need a bigger like launch pad to, yeah.
0: to get this. We should mail out there. her a handwritten letter. That that that's is what, what we do. That's what
1: we're gonna do. Yep. Yeah. We should put our
0: current... logo on the front because that's a nice looking logo.
1: Yeah. Like make it from stuck in the nineties. Yep. Yeah. Or like what if we Whoa! Can we make our? Can we three D print our logo and then make it into like a wax seal? Oh, that'd be send sweet. It?
0: I know a guy with a three D printer. So we would have to
1: invert it, print it uh, in a negative, and then make a fucking stamp. That Topher, would be cool. Topher, if, Topher, if you're if you're listening,
0: stop tending to your baby and start three D printing us a stamp. Yeah, your your kid seems smart. He'll be fine. He's like what? couple months old Mm, a number of months old
1: yeah topher has got a 3d printer
0: yes but more importantly you know make that baby change his own diaper
1: yeah he, he seems he seems like a smart cookie I completely forgot what we were talking about. Who knows? J.K. Rowling, yeah, uh, we really, yeah, we should. Anyone we have should a, an in with an in with J.K.?
0: <laughs> does anyone who listens to our podcast have an in with one of the most popular authors on the planet? Get at us, stuck in the nineties podcast at gmail.com. You never, kn- I mean, you never know. I think if that were to happen, yeah, we would have we would have heard something in the last couple weeks. Maybe. All right, let's move on to our nineties spotlight. This is a good one. This is an embarrassing one. Oh yeah, we're gonna I don't we're like, gonna tell like you words I'm gonna say. We're gonna tell you some things we're not proud. of of yeah this, this is more directed to our slightly older membership we ourselves are 28 and don't quite fall into the category yeah we're um, close. we are
1: kind of like so the close. united states of america right now we're sorry taking to hear that. a couple liberties
0: ah so this 90s spotlight is on your first email address now i think it's safe to say that most of our listenership created their first email address in the early 2000s yeah, Which I believe I was the mine case for both probably 2000, maybe 2001. Maybe 2001. 2001. But Me
1: too. I think uh, Hotmail already had 40, 50 million users by the end of the 90s, and you might have been one of them. I think if I was a year or two older, I easily would have created my email address and had a need for it a couple of years earlier.
0: Anyone in that 29 to 35 sweet spot, you know, who was in elementary school and they were using computers, maybe their Early family bought school. a computer by then. Well, I mean,
1: like... If you were like super into something like the X-Files in the 90s, you probably had an email address and we're talking about it on like, I don't know. MSN Chats. I know MSN boards. Chats in the 90s. That's true. Oh, but MSN Chat Rooms, those were a thing. That's
0: a, Yeah, that's a thing. You know what? We'll get to that Someday. in like a decade. Yeah, question time. What was your first email
1: address? Ugh, I told you this earlier. Um, this is really embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> just the name of it isn't that bad, but once I break it down, it gets rough. What was it called? Uh, TKSD3 at Hotmail.com. Uh, fuck. So... Uh, as I broke it down to you earlier, because it makes no sense, right? It does. Not. TK was a popular character in the anime Digimon. Great show. Uh, his his Digimon partner, Patamon, evolved into Angemon. None of that cool. matters. None of that matters. In uh, season two of, of Digimon, their digivices <laughs> were upgraded <laughs> to a device called a D3. TK was taken. D3 was taken. TK D3 was taken. Wow tk's d3 was not unfortunately an email addresses you cannot use an apostrophe you cannot make things possessive so
0: tks d3 that's the
1: that that's is, my embarrassing email that is bad i mean yours is Mine, yours is not nearly embarrassing you should have uh, went
0: first mine's no mine's no better
1: yours isn't that I, yours is still moderately so,
0: clever as although it's got a weird nicholas cage vibe to it, <laughs> it sure does As many of you know, because you listened to the intro of this podcast some minutes ago, uh, my name is Connor. Here's where the embarrassing part comes in. This is grade seven. I was on the volleyball team. I played volleyball. We ordered jerseys, just like team shirts. Everyone had to put a nickname on the back of theirs. I did not have a nickname. I've never really had a nickname. I
1: haven't really been a nickname guy either. No,
0: I had to think up my own nickname. I came up with Connor. because it's volleyball. Sometimes you got to jump. This is all I had. Also, so the I created hit, that 90s nickname. movie, Con well, Air. Well, starring Nicolas Cage, of course. So, my first email, obviously, Con Air was taken. I went through the numbers 1 through 96. They were all taken. Really? Con Air 97 was not. That's how, wait,
1: that's how you ended on Con Air 97? That is it correct. Meant no, it meant it had no meaning. It wasn't your volleyball number or no. something?
0: It had no meaning. That's fucked. That is how I got to 97. That's oh. the embarrassing part. I sat at a computer with dial up internet access and just, <laughs> and and just went through. And went kept through. Wow. going. That yep. is some
1: brute force right there. Yep. And we want to know what, like, there are a lot of embarrassing first email addresses, especially since a lot of teens and, and younger people were getting into this. Uh, people probably had some fucked up emails. You know, all, all the ones with the, you know, the 69s and the 420s and oh, yeah. all the things that are not great if you're trying to apply for a job <laughs> or look, uh, have any semblance of, of professionalism. I don't think Con Air 97 was getting any, uh, any callbacks probably unless that. it was to maybe steal a plane or... Or,
0: I don't know, maybe steal the uh declaration of independence that's what i was gonna say oh let's let's slide into our sponsorship segment because I this touch is on this a
1: little more okay. i'm not ready yet okay go for it if any listeners oh wanna, yeah. yeah i want to know if any listeners want to hit us up with their first email
0: so when we post this on the facebook page i will ask the question what is your first email address we will post ours get back to us because yeah. some of you guys have embarrassing emails oh I, probably I guarantee embarrassing it.
1: first emails if you remember them let us know last thing i want to touch on in this is Growing out of it. When did Conair land? Mm. When did
0: you stop using it? uh so Connor ninety seven became Connor Baseball dude, but dude had D O O D. I remember Connor Baseball dude. Connor Baseball dude. That was that was, so it did not get better. Uh and then Connor Baseball dude became Connor T fifteen because fifteen was my actual jersey number. Okay. But that was only because my current email was unavailable. Which is just my full name. So that became available and that's what I've used ever since.
1: You you ha you've had a, a wide variety of emails. I think the day that TKSD three at hotmail dot com was laid to rest was probably May of two thousand four when Gmail came out. Who remembers that? Because Gmail was in beta at the time. There were I didn't invites. Get in. It was a fucking madhouse. Yeah, it was. I was able to get an invite and It was the coolest thing ever. There was a whole black market of Gmail uh, invites... You could get some pretty cool stuff at the time by giving someone a Gmail account, and I was able to secure my current email address, which I shouldn't probably say on the podcast because I already get enough garbage email because of how generic it is, but yeah, that was the day that my first email address pretty much began its death.
0: Let's jump into the sponsorship segment. Every week on the show, we bring you a sponsor, sometimes real, sometimes fictitious, sometimes Sometimes Allie McBeal. That God, I laughed so hard finding the ad and then putting that in.
1: That was, a, that was <laughs> so stupid.
0: Uh This week's episode is brought to you by the feeling when you first upgraded from dial-up internet. When we were talking about this sponsor, I had written the feeling when you first upgraded from dial-up to DSL, because that was the jump that my family made. And most of my friends as well went from dial-up to DSL before hitting... The broadband cable that we all currently know and love. I think a lot of people went right
1: to cable. That's that's what I added into this. Especially if you kept dial up longer. If you kept dial up longer, some people. Oh, if you just kept dial up longer,
0: yeah. But, but there think- was there was a brief like two year period where dial-up was too slow to be viable anymore and cable was too expensive to be reasonable and that that's where the dsl niche lived so you still had telephone access but it was like dial-up 2.0 speeds it was decently fast i mean i okay. had
1: dsl i had dsl it
0: was a 56k modem right no wait no it was no it was way faster than that yeah too. you
1: could get if you live very close to a node you can hit upwards of 10 megabits on on dsl most people are hitting three maybe five
0: yeah megabits, i think i was the At the time area. was pretty
1: great, but yeah, I I wasn't on DSL until a few years ago. It must have been that's crazy. It was 2015. No, 20, 2013. Really? It was 2014 until I got off DSL.
0: That is insane. Oh yeah, it was a nightmare. I this is stunning because my like my memory of DSL was like I wasn't happy about it. DSL was not that bad. Was, in that the, was like in the early 2000s. I'm talking like 2005. DSL was reasonably it was okay. decent.
1: I mean, cable was already there and was already way better. People were getting way faster speeds. Yeah. But like, I don't know, DSL was Oh man. Acceptable. I can't believe you had to deal with that for so long. Well, cuz when I uh when I first moved out on my own, uh, uh my ISP didn't service or the ISP that I went wanted to choose didn't service my area yet. Well, also I was paying for unlimited internet, so it was it was slow, but I had a fuck ton of it. Fair enough. Uh, so that feeling when you upgrade from something, Ugh. as monumentally slow freedom as dial up to DSL or to cable or to whatever other service you have. If you live in a rural area, you might have just got off dial up and upgraded to some kind of point to point, uh, you know, rural internet provider. Well, yeah,
0: WISPs are a thing, wireless peas.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Crazy town. All right, let's wrap this bitch up. Yeah. You can find us. Sorry, Joseph, on that
1: Oh, I just wanted to give one last shout out to that warm feeling of upgrading from dial-up to just showing you what's out there on the World Wide Web.
0: That's a beautiful sentiment.
1: Switching into the left lane on the Information Superhighway. There it is. I jumping knew, in the carpool I lane. knew
0: you were going to work in Information Superhighway somewhere. We're gonna I was jump, waiting for it. We're jumping in the HOV lane. HOV.
1: Actually, the HOV lane No, is... the
0: HOT lane. We're paying for it. We're paying more. Okay, true enough. Yeah. But like,
1: the HOV lane is cable
0: that's true yeah all right as always you can find us online at stuck in the 90s you can email us if you want to be a ten dollar sponsor give us ten bucks we'll plug your wares we'll plug your information super superhighway do you have a vpn we'll
1: talk about your vpn sure
0: stuck in the 90s podcast at gmail.com com you can find us on instagram where we are hashtag blown up that's stuck in the 90s podcast we're on twitter at s i t 90s facebook might
1: tweet at jk a couple more times we might
0: we might we might not give up on her we should write her a letter though we should
1: that i mean it'll be beautifully handwritten
0: heartfelt because we
1: love jk Rowling. she helped shape who we both are as adults i think
0: that's very true Next week, because we have prepared, we know- Whoa, you wrote this down. uh, Yeah, I wrote it down. We are doing March 5th to 11th, 1998. Mm -hmm. I think we've made a decision that we're
1: officially retiring the wheel, and next week, we might pay a little homage to it. But for now, I think the podcast podcast is now now
0: over.